Hey there, future friends! This week, Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming out, and that's all you need to know. Okay, see you next week. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, yes, I was kidding. I am going to talk about all of the movies coming out during the week like I normally do on this show. But um, if you know me at all, if you've ever listened to me, you probably know that my pick of the week was always going to be Ghostbusters because my favorite movie is Ghostbusters and I love Ghostbusters so, so much. I was the only one in the somewhat nerdy crew to like the 2016 Ghostbusters. I watch the films at least once a year, and while for most of most of you, that may not seem like a lot, for me that is a lot because I don't re-watch movies a lot. I used to, and I, I still kind of wish I did, but as many of you know, being an adult means you don't get to have as much fun as you used to when you were younger and you had more free time. And I try to prioritize new films. I always want to watch something new, take in something new. But I always, always make time for Ghostbusters. So we, of course, will talk about that at the end of the show when I do my pick of the week. But I do want to announce I have already purchased my tickets thanks to my wonderful wife who found one of our local IMAX theaters was doing an early access thing. So we bought our tickets and it's an IMAX screen. We have great seats. Supposedly, they're going to be selling Ghostbusters-themed drinks there. I already looked on, on AMC's website, and they're selling Ghostbusters merch. Hopefully, it might be there, so I can be that guy and buy some and wear it right there. But if not, I'll buy it online. I was looking at their hats, but I'm so excited. I am so very excited. Weird thing is I noticed that they're, they're starting to do closed captioning. Closed captioning for every show, which at first I was a little... Eh, about but now I don't really care now I think it's now I'm actually happy for the hearing impaired community for people with disabilities who may need that because what did you have before like one showing a month one showing a week or something at your local theater which would have closed captioning but anyway let's talk about this show and what it is we do so as many of you know, assuming you listen to the show weekly, I am changing things up. We used to have a much longer show. I used to talk about movie news and movie trailers that came out. I'm no longer doing that. Would still love some feedback on that. Do you miss a segment? Do you not? Do you like the shorter show? Because the show used to be about an hour long and now it runs about my episodes run about 30 minutes which is more digestible for some. And don't forget, my review of Red Notice is already out. This is the second episode this week, so yay for that. It's something It's something I'm going to try to do at least bi-monthly. Uh, in a perfect world, it would be weekly. I do two episodes every week, and yay for that. But I have to be realistic. I can't always do that. So on this show now, on the new version of this show, what it is I do is I talk about every movie coming out during the week. I tell you what the movie is, 
who's in it, and my thoughts on it. I have two segments to this. The first is limited releases, and those limited releases are movies that didn't really catch my eye. They aren't coming out on a major streaming service, and they're not getting a nationwide release. And also, it needs all three of these things. The trailer did not do anything to catch my eye, because let's face it, trailers are how movies sell themselves to us. So this doesn't necessarily mean the movie is bad. It just means that uh, I am definitely not going to see it in theaters. The next segment is the wide releases and interesting indies. In that segment, I do the same thing. Say what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. And I also give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. It goes anywhere from a zero for those awful movies, those horrid movies like the 2019 animated Adams Family movie, Snarf, Chris, and Critter. That's right. So movies like that. In all honesty, I think I gave it a 2 out of a 11. And then the 11s are saved for those movies that turn it up that extra notch. These are movies that would normally be a 10, but it did something to blow my mind, so it gets a special notice. And it's been a while since we had an 11 Maybe there's going to be one this week. I don't know. There's going to be one this week. It's f***ing Ghostbusters. We know this. We know me and how predictable I am. Well, my future friends, let's start right off with the limited release section and a movie called Vandal, which is coming to VOD, Video On Demand, the 16th. So the day I'm recording this, uh, which is a Tuesday, the young leader of a legendary Miami graffiti crew comes of age while battling a longtime rival. This stars Daniel Zovato from Don't Breathe, Frankie J. Alvarez from Looking, Bo Knapp from Seven Seconds, Otamara Marrero from Startup, Juan Pablo Raba from Peppermint, and Richard Schiff from The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Uh, this movie almost made it into the next section. It, 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 it at times looked really good and at other times looked super try-hard. Some parts of the trailer looked very interesting and intriguing, while other parts you just had... Daniel Zavato's character talking to a classroom of people going, yeah, this life isn't for you. This life is hard, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, scared straight, get the f*** out of this room. It does have promise. It may be worth keeping an eye on, but I wouldn't pay for it for a video on demand rate. Uh, no way, no how. Next up, we have one called She Paradise. This is a limited theatrical release and video on demand. This is about a teenage girl who stumbles upon a free-spirited dance crew, leading to alluring but unsettling encounters with nightlife and money. This stars no one of note. And just like the previous film, this could have done it too. Parts of it looked interesting, other parts, eh, nah. Overall, it looks skippable, but maybe one day if it comes to some streaming service somewhere that you already have, maybe check it out. I don't know. This movie does have a lot going for it, though. It is an own voices movie, which means it's written and directed by people of color. It's a female forward with a main female crew. That alone almost made me put it in the next section, but the trailer just, it didn't look good. And I do hope it's a case of a bad trailer, but only time will tell. Next up, we have a film called 13 Minutes. This is video on demand only. So far, of course. Four families in a heartland town are tested in a single day when a tornado hits, forcing paths to cross and redefining the meaning of survival. This stars Thora Birch from Hocus Pocus, Amy Smart from Just Friends, Anne Heche from John Q, 
Paz Vega from Spanglish, Sofia Sofia Vasilieva from Medium, Laura Spencer from The Big Bang Theory, Peter Facinelli from Supergirl, Yancy Aria from Queen of the South, and Trace Adkins from The Lincoln Lawyer. So this movie lost me at Trace Adkins. Uh, I'm just going to say that right now. My history with Trace Adkins movies isn't great. Uh, I did like Lincoln Lawyer. Deepwater Horizon was fine. Uh, I like the movies that he's in where he plays a side character around someone better. And while it doesn't look like he's the main character of this one, this just doesn't look interesting or good. It looks like a it looks like a bastardized idea of Twister, but without the whole science aspect to it. It's just forgettable and skippable. Next up, we have one called Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. That's the title. It's not like one or the other. That's the title. Emmy, a school teacher, finds her career and reputation under threat after a personal sex tape is leaked on the internet. Forced to meet the parents demanding her dismissal, Emmy refuses to surrender to their pressure. This is a limited release movie, and it's a film from Romania. And I wanted to like it because... It's a movie from Romania, and this is an interesting idea. Something that does and has actually happened. We've had teachers who have had personal photos and videos released uh, without their consent, and then they get fired for it. And usually if people try to stand up for them, going, oh, that's not right. They're like, well, they shouldn't have made that tape or took those pictures in the first place, which is just victim blaming, which is just kind of a thing ass say anyway. But I went into the trailer forgetting what the premise was, and I had no f***ing clue what was going on. It just looks like a hot mess. I've never seen a movie from Romania before, but I, I really don't think that I'm just missing something or it's lost in translation. I think it's just a bad trailer. Let's talk about the next limited movie called Boiling Point. Enter the relentless pressure of a restaurant kitchen as a head chef wrangles his team on the busiest day of the year. This stars Stephen Graham from Snatch, Vinette Robinson from Sherlock, and Jason Fleming from The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Again, this is a very interesting idea. Being a head chef or even just working in a restaurant, let alone a fancy ass like Michelin star big deal restaurant, is a pain in the ass. Like I read David Chang's book, Eat a Peach, David Chang, famous restaurateur. Uh, Momofuku is one of his places and it just sounds horrible and he admits to being a gigantic asshole which is one of the problems I had with the book where I did sympathize with him because it was also talking about his mental health issues but at the same time he's a gigantic asshole to people and I'm just like I, I have trouble sympathizing with your struggles when you're also a piece of crap. And that's the vibe I got from Boiling Point, because this chef just seems like a huge dick, mean to everyone, yelling at everyone. It's kind of like just the bad parts of a Gordon Ramsay TV show without the, oh, here, let me actually try and teach you or tell you what you did wrong and then praise those who did well. We'll take all that stuff out and just have the yelling. And uh, it it didn't look interesting. We have our only documentary of the week, Kurt Vonnegut, Unstuck in Time. This is recounting the extraordinary life of author Kurt Vonnegut and the 25-year friendship with the filmmaker who set out to document it. So, like I said, this is a documentary getting a limited release. And, um, 
if you're a big fan of Kurt Vonnegut, check it out. Sure, why not? Uh, I'm not. I don't have anything against him. I've just never read a Kurt Vonnegut book. I know. I know. I'm a big reader. Haven't read Vonnegut. Tie me up at the stake. I get it. But there's something that the trailer touches on that I hope the documentary flushes out more because he set to he set out the the uh the documentary maker set out to make this documentary 25 years ago when it's coming out now why the f- was it really going to be what well, unless he really set out to have it be from the time he met Kurt Vonnegut until the man died then I would get it but also what took so long uh, I am very curious as to why it took so long to make but in true documentary fashion this should only be watched by people who are actually interested in it Uh, other than that i would skip it i know i will unless i finally read a kurt vonnegut book and just it just blows my mind then i may watch this next up we have a movie called the feast this is a limited release film no vod for this filmed in welsh the picture follows a young woman serving privileged guests at a dinner party in a remote house in rural wales the assembled guests do not realize they are about to eat their last supper this is a movie from Wales, if you didn't get it. And it stars no one of note, and it looks like some sort of awful indie horror mess. If something like The Witch is one of your favorite horror movies, then this might be for you. I liked The Witch, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's nowhere near my favorite. Next up, we have a movie called Zeros and Ones. An American soldier stationed in Rome with the Vatican blown up embarks on a hero's journey to uncover and defend against an unknown enemy threatening the entire world. This stars Ethan Hawke from Sinister. And I like Ethan Hawke, but I do not want to watch this. It looks basic and forgettable. Next up, we have a movie called Alpha Rift. When a magical helmet thrusts Nolan Parthmore into a world of modern day knights fighting supernatural evil, he is forced to become the hero he was destined to be. This movie makes me think that someone watched A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Remember that 90s movie starring Thomas Ian Nicholas uh, about that kid who gets transported to King Arthur times or something ends up saving the day with a CD player? The kind of movie that's not good, but since you watch it as a kid, you liked it. This movie gives me those vibes, except for the part where you liked it. <laughs> that's really where it uh, that's really where it fails. Uh, This only stars Lance Henriksen is the only person of note from Aliens. Next up, we have a movie called Pups Alone. While everyone is away on a company ski trip, Robert's neighbor hires two inept thieves to steal his latest invention. The neighborhood dogs will use Robert's inventions to set up a house of horrors for the thieves. This features the voices of Jennifer Love Hewitt, Keith David, Danny Trejo, Rob Schneider, Malcolm McDowell, Eric Roberts and Jerry O'Connell and features in human form Dolph Lundgren. Basically ask yourself this. Do you want to watch a Home Alone ripoff with talking dogs? And if you said yes, I'm happy for you, I guess, because you're getting your you're getting your wish. I, I, I guess I have trouble with movies like this because even though it can be defended as a movie that a family could enjoy. There's still so much more out there that would be better for a family movie day or movie night, as it were. A a good family movie is the excuse you can use when something is just a little a little too wacky, a little too convoluted, a little too 
basic even at times. Not this. Not this at all. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a movie called Come On, Come On. A radio journalist embarks on a cross-country trip with his young nephew. This stars Joaquin Phoenix from Joker, Gabby Hoffman from Uncle Buck, and Scoot McNary, which sounds like a skateboard trick, from Narcos, Mexico. I'm surprised this is in the limited section. I really am, because it's a indie film starring Joaquin Phoenix. He's usually pretty... He's usually pretty reliable, but the film just looks boring. It looks boring and pointless. Like, why do I care if you're going to give a good performance if I don't give a flying shit about the overall story? That's a whole vibe I'm getting from this. But if you're an indie film fan, you know, A24, uh, Gravitas Ventures, stuff like that, the kind of stuff they put out, maybe check this. Check this out. It may be worth your time. And who knows? This still could be really good. It, it Remember, it has that chance. It's just the trailer did nothing to make me care. Well, my future friends, let's take our break as we hear word from our good friends of the show. And we'll be right back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMPodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. All right, we're back. We're back with the first movie, which is the first of the limited movies that made it into the section called India Sweets and Spices. When college freshman Alia returns home for the summer, she discovers secrets and lies in her parents' past that make her question everything she thought she knew about her family. This stars Sophia Ali from Grey's Anatomy. And this looks cute. Uh, the, the trailer kind of compares it to Crazy Rich Asians. And I kind of see that because we have this woman in this movie that's kind of fed up with her family in a way and meets this 
interesting guy she kind of hits it off with, but his family is poor and her family judges the ever loving shit out of them. And she has just had it with her family. And from the look of the trailer, I'm not entirely sure if this is a romance because she does kind of, you know, have uh, love in her eyes when she looks at him. But is this more about her and standing up to her family and basically telling them, look, I'm not like you. Or is this both? Uh, it looks interesting. Something to watch one day. Nothing to go out of your way to check out. It just looks cute. And honestly, how many movies in America do we get with a Indian cast about Indian Americans? It just looks interesting. Next up, we have one called The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain coming to HBO Max. This is based on the true story of events that led to the death of Kenneth Chamberlain Sr., an elderly African-American veteran with bipolar disorder who was killed during a conflict with police officers who were dispatched to check on him. This stars Frankie Faison from Do the Right Thing. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I don't make the show political. I don't, because I don't want to alienate people. But sometimes I can't help it, especially with movies like this, where I, where I am fully behind it, fully supporting it. Because it's hard to pretend you don't know where my where I lie on the political spectrum when I talk about a movie like this going, yes, this is something we need to talk about. Because it is one of the criticisms of police that the police aren't trained to handle mental illness and and respond to it properly. And thanks to that, this man who was bipolar and was having a mental breakdown was killed. So this movie is going to be very, very dark. It's going to be, it's going to be depressing, but also an important movie to watch. The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain gets an 8 out of 11. You know what? I didn't give a, uh, a score to the other movie for India Sweets and Spices. India Sweets and Spices gets a 6 out of 11. All right, next up we have The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star. When a priceless relic is stolen, Queen Margaret and Princess Stacy enlist the help of Margaret's cousin Fiona and teams with a man from her past to retrieve it. With romance and... Alright, I don't think that whoever wrote the summary for The Princess Switch 3 knew what they were saying. <laughs> Maybe they were tired, I don't know. So here it is verbatim. When a priceless relic is stolen... Queen Margaret and Princess Stacy enlist the help of Margaret's cousin Fiona, teams with a man from her past to retrieve it, with romance and resulting in a very unexpected switch. But let's face it, do you give a flying sh** about the premise of the Princess Switch 3? No you don't, because you're in one of two camps. One of three camps. Three? Three camps! The first camp is, you watched one and or two and you hated them. You're not interested in this one at all. Second camp. You're just not interested in the series. You never watched it, never will. Fine, whatever. Camp three. You watch the others, you like them, you're looking forward to this. Either way, the premise doesn't matter. But as my wife just said to me uh, when I had paused recording, it's probably going to be about the cousin finding love. Weird. I love these movies. I do. I love them so much. They're just so cheesy and bad but fun and Christmassy even though number two really bothered me because they replaced the actress that played the one of the love interests little girl and the actress from the second one was just bad she was a bad actress the one from the first one good actress fun fact there but I love all of these cheesy Netflix 
uh, holiday movies because I think they're just like cheesy Hallmark holiday movies, but just a little better. Princess Switch, A Christmas Prince, A Night Before Christmas with K-N-I-G-H-T, The Christmas Inheritance, I think was another one. Okay, thank you. You, uh, My wife just confirmed. Uh, I see one right here called The Castle for Christmas. Sure, I'll check it out. I don't care at this point. I'll watch it. I'm going to watch this. I, I, I am going to watch this film and I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be so much fun and it's going to be terrible. But you know what? It's going to make me smile. The Princess Switch 3 gets a 7 out of 11. All right, folks, next up we have one called The Power of the Dog. This is a Netflix original. I'm just going to talk briefly about it and and the next film because we have two films coming out on Netflix later, but getting limited theatrical releases this week. And so The Power of the Dog, it gets a limited theatrical release right now, and it comes to Netflix on December 1st. Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. This stars Baleen Whale Kukabura from The Imitation Game, Kirsten Dunst from Spider-Man, Jesse Plemons from Game Night, and Cody Smith-McPhee from X-Men Apocalypse. And uh, I'm okay with Cody Smith-McPhee, but come on. Come on. Bandersnatch Cabbage Patch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons. That's a cast right there. But remember, I will discuss this movie in full when it comes to Netflix. But for now, um, you know, I'll wait for the score too. So check back. Let's see if I can find out what episode that's going to be. Either episode 225 or 226, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a solo review episode for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Holy shit, it's that close to December? Oh my God. Where does the time go? Anyway, next movie is a similar one, limited release this week, coming to Netflix on the 24th of November. This is called Bruised. A disgraced MMA fighter finds redemption in the cage and the courage to face her demons when the son she had given up as an infant unexpectedly re-enters her life. This stars Halle Berry from Monsters Ball, Stephen McKinley Henderson from Lincoln, Shamir Anderson from Winona Earp, Aiden Kanto from Designated Survivor, Leela Lauren from Power, and Adrian Lennox from The Path. Uh, Halle Berry is going to win another Oscar. Uh, she's going to win one more, uh, one more Best Actress. I, I am certain of this because she is still very good. She is still very good, even if movies she's in don't get the clout they used to. Uh, she is still fantastic. And so just like with the other film, The Power of the Dog, I am not going to give a score on this. And I will in the next in two episodes, since I'm going to do that Ghostbusters one. Three movies left, and the third to final movie is called Tick, Tick, Boom. You may remember last episode I talked about this briefly, just like I did the last two, because this is the week it's actually coming out. So Tick, Tick, Boom, on the cusp of his 30th birthday, a promising young theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressures of life as an artist in New York City. This stars Andrew Garfield from Hacksaw Ridge. Alexandra Ship from Love, Simon, Vanessa Hudgens from The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star, yeah, I know, I did it, Michaela J. Rodriguez from Pose, Judith Light from Transparent, Bradley Whitford from The West Wing, and Laura Benanti from Supergirl. 
So it's two people from West Wing and it's Toby Ziegler and Josh Lemon who are always together. That's that's fun. But Tick, Tick, Boom, you may remember I talked about this when the first trailer came out and I wasn't too psyched because I was under the mistaken impression and an article I read somewhere about it. I think I found it somewhere on um, Flipboard, like I get most of my news from. One of those articles said that this is a movie about the making of Rent. And I was like, why do we need a biopic about the making of Rent? We don't need this. Rent is good, but we don't need to watch that. But I learned... I learned, thanks to my friend Sydney, and then also thanks to, you know, reading other premises, that it's not what it's about. That it's an original musical by the guy who did Rent. And it may or may not be based on based on his experience, but it's not a biopic. And has original songs, and I'm I'm very, very intrigued. I love musicals so much. And this is a good cast. And uh, I don't know how well Andrew Garfield can sing. He probably can, you know, if they're if they got him for this. And from what we heard in the trailer, he's okay. But Alexander Shipp, we know Vanessa Hudgens, we know. I'm excited to see this, especially because it's a Netflix original. So, you know, now that I think about it, this is a really, really good week for movies just because this film and the next film I'm going to talk about could have been picks of the week. And the fact that we're getting in theaters, even if not on on uh, Netflix, The Power of the Dog and Bruised, those are big too. Killing of The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain, big. Like, this is a good week for movies. And we all have to thank Ghostbusters for that. Thank you, Ghostbusters, for making this such a great week. After watching the trailer, I can see how people thought this may have been a Rent biopic. Because this also deals with the AIDS epidemic, which, guess what? Rent took place in the heart of that. But Andrew Garfield is a great actor. He was a great Spider-Man. I don't care what anyone says. He was a great Spider-Man and Peter Parker. He could do both. Hacksaw Ridge was fantastic. He was great in the social network. Silence. He was amazing in silence. And even though I didn't care that much about watching the eyes of Tammy Faye, he still looked good in that. You know what? Check this out. Uh, if if you're still iffy about going to the theaters, which I kind of am, but it's Ghostbusters. I have to see this in the theaters. If it was anything other than Ghostbusters, I may have still waited. So if you still are kind of like, eh, about going out because COVID's still around, check this out. Coming to Netflix this week, and it looks good. Tick, tick, boom, gets an eight out of 11. All right, my future friends. The next movie is coming to HBO Max and also getting a nationwide release. And it's kind of smart that it's going up against Ghostbusters. And I'll tell you why in a bit. That movie is called King Richard. A look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams. This stars Will Smith from Men in Black, Anu Janwe Ellis from Lovecraft Country, John Bernthal from Baby Driver, Tony Goldwyn from The Last Samurai, and as Venus and Serena, Sania Sidney from Hidden Figures, and Demi Singleton from Godfather of Harlem. I'll be honest, I don't know what the shit is going on with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Like, some weird shit with her, and then he was down with it. Or they broke up, and then she did some weird shit, and they got back together, and it's okay now. I don't know. What I do know is that it is a crime that Will Smith has not won an Oscar yet. 
And since the Oscar voting committee jizzes in their pants for a good biopic, this is it. And this is not his first biopic. We know this. Two, three, uh, Ali and the Pursuit of Happiness. And I'm too lazy to look up others, but he is a good actor because he can do just the silly fun ones like Men in Black and Wild Wild West and things like that. Uh, the uh, Suicide Squad. And then he can do something like Ali and Pursuit of Happiness and this and Seven Pounds. He can do good work and he deserves awards on his shelf and he just needs that best actor oscar will this give it to him way 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 too early to tell but this is a good start if you just watch a trailer for this it it prepares you for everything you're going to see you're going to see a great performance you're going to see them overcoming you're going to see them rising up against the odds you're going to see them just going for that going for that gold and with Richard Williams realizing that his two kids are f***ing tennis prodigies. Though my question personally, not, not for the movie, but about them is like, did he know they're going to be prodigies? Like, did he see something or was he just one of those f***ing insane sports parents? But I'm sorry, that has nothing to do with the film. It just looks good. Will Smith knows what he's doing. This is a good supporting cast as well. People who can stay up with him. And while it may be a story no one asked for, it's a story that will still be interesting. And I don't mean mean to sound like a dick when I say no one asked for this, but think of the list of biopics you would want to see. And I doubt that Richard Williams would have been on that list. Venus and Serena? Yes, I bet you a bunch of people, millions of people out there, would like to see a Venus and Serena Williams biopic. And we're kind of getting it through the lens of their father. This is a safe movie to watch. It's going to be good. It's on a streaming service that you can just get. Like for the price of a movie ticket or two movie tickets, you can just get this service and watch enough stuff in one month to make it worth it. Like that's the thing with these streaming services getting their own their own movies. It's worth it to at least get it for a month or, you know, just a month at a time. Watch a couple films you've been, you've been waiting for. Let it lapse. Wait a few more months. Let them build up again. Do it like that. Why not? This is another great option. If you don't want to go to the theaters this week, King Richard gets an eight out of 11. And finally, my future friends, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it that, yes, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer came out, and it feels weird not talking about it in the trailer trove. It it really does. But uh, let me just mention it briefly. The Sinister Six. We saw the Sinister Six. We know we know who it is. And if the trailer showed us anything, it's it's how perfect of an opening there is to introduce the other Spider-Man. If you haven't seen the new trailer yet, check it out. It looks super, super good. And seeing, seeing J. Jonah Jameson himself in person was so nice. I'm very excited. But my friends, let's talk about the pick of the week. Ghostbusters Afterlife getting a nationwide release, not coming to any streaming service. When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. This stars Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, McKenna Grace from Annabelle Comes Home, Carrie Coon from Avengers Infinity War, 
Celeste O'Connell, Celeste O'Connor from Freaky, Marlon Kazadi from Riverdale, Bukim Woodbine from Spider-Man Homecoming, and Paul Rudd from I Love You Man. And also returning, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts from the original. McKenna Grace blows my mind. She blows my f***ing mind. She is 15 and has done some great shit. I've only seen her in a few things like Gifted, The Haunting of Hill House, Troop Zero, Captain Marvel, Annabelle Comes Home, and Malignant, but she is going to be a fantastic actress because she already kills it. Look, I've been excited for this movie since it was announced. 100%. Even when the first trailer came out and I was like, eh, I still really wanted to see it. I knew I was going to be there to watch it in theaters. But then the more trailers I got released and the more trailers I got released, I was more and more stoked. And word warning, if you haven't watched the latest trailer yet, uh, don't. You can probably figure out the whole movie from it. But I like this idea that they that it's kind of like a passing of the torch, that Finn Wolfhard and McKenna Grace get the proton packs, they get the Ecto-1, and they start busting ghosts, but maybe they need a little help from someone else. Maybe the living original Ghostbusters. We know they're going to be in it. We know it's probably going to be near the end. We can assume Annie Potts was is in it either in the beginning or the middle because of that scene where we see Janine talking to the mom. Sigourney Weaver, no idea yet, but we can assume that later in the movie, when stuff starts to go bad and McKenna Grace calls the number on the Ghostbusters ad and it goes to Ray's occult books and he answers, then then Ray is going to get Peter and Peter Venkman and Winston Zedmore and they're going to come and help out. Yes, Gozer is going to be is going to be the bad guy in this. That is a Gozer temple in the mines. And what saddens me is that I have to get ready to see a lot of hate because there still are so many people out there that when you try to do something like this, they're trying to revamp something older or just bring a series back, not even remaking it. They're just doing another one in the series and it's an older series. People are going to shit on it because it's not the same thing. They change it. They make it more modern in certain ways. They're like, no, this isn't the original. I hate this movie. My diaper needs changing. You know, stuff like that. If you didn't like the 2016 Ghostbusters, that's fine. Uh, like I said, the somewhat nerdy crew besides me didn't like it. And that's fine. And I, I tease them about it, but I don't really give them shit. I'm not honest to God shit because I know that the reason they didn't like it had anything to do with the genders of the characters. While for some people, that was a big deal and they hated it for that reason. But thankfully, my friends on the Somewhat Nerdy channel are not garbage. I've been talking about this movie for so long, I, I don't know what to say anymore. I'm excited. I am very, very excited. I cannot wait for tomorrow. By the time you hear this episode, I will have seen it already. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be seeing another Ghostbusters movie. Ghostbusters Answer the Call, the 2016 one, is my least favorite in the series so far. I still really liked it. This one, I think, is going to stay truer to the original because it's Jason Reitman, not Ivan Reitman. Honestly, I've paused like six times just talking about this film just to think about what to say. Because I love the Ghostbusters so much. I think this movie looks good. It doesn't bother me that we're getting a new story 
but with kids as the focus. I, I like this. I like this idea that it's the next generation because the Ghostbusters are old now. I like the fact that this movie could spawn more sequels or or it could be a standalone just like, OK, and we can assume that these kids took up the mantle eventually after they graduated from high school and college and all that stuff. We can assume they did it. Either way, I'll be happy. I'll be happy if we get a new series out of this. I'll be happy if it's a standalone and I get to have the four Ghostbusters movies on my shelf. But Jason Reitman once said that he had a vision. Or actually, I think Ivan Reitman had a vision and Jason Jason Reitman was talking about it, how they have Ghostbusters from all over the world and how he wanted to get them all together to fight one big thing and even bring 2016's Ghostbusters into the fold. I, I really, I, I really, really like that idea. Just give me more Ghostbusters, please. So my next episode, episode 224, is going to be my Ghostbusters Afterlife review. Please keep your eyes open for that. I think it'll come out like Sunday or Monday, maybe. We'll see. But my friends, I feel my voice starting to go at this point, but I still am going to stop. I'm not just going to pause and continue recording later because I think I've said it all. Over the year, over uh, over a year, actually, we've, we've been talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. And in all that time, I think I've got my my ideas out there, my feelings out there. And I fear that if we go on much longer with this episode, I'll just repeat myself or repeat myself and just keep saying the same thing over and over. How many times already have I said I'm excited for this film? How many times have I gloated that I already have my tickets? Twice. That was a second time. My friends, I hope sometime in the next few years, some movie comes out that makes you as happy as just thought of this makes me. I love movies. Movies are wonderful. They are just pure enjoyment that takes just a couple hours out of your life, but can give you so much more. And the Ghostbusters franchise is one that has done that for me my entire life. I have loved the Ghostbusters since I was a little kid. I am I am now 38 and I'm about to sit down in the theaters to see another Ghostbusters film. And I am excited. There, I said it again. I'm excited. My future friends, Ghostbusters Afterlife gets an 11 out of 11. Well, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode. Once again, hey, if you remember the way the show used to be, drop me a line. Hit me up. Tell me what you think of the new style. Uh, do you miss the trailers? Do you miss the news? Do you miss an hour-long episode as, or 45 minutes to an hour-long episode as, as opposed to these shorter ones? Let me know. But for now, I'm going to send you along your way to the other great shows you may enjoy. I will see you next week. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. 
please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.